senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. This is episode 89, two shows in two weeks. I know, I never thought we could ever do it again, but somehow we're managing to do it. The energy's palpable, babe. Oh, there's no fucking energy in this. <laughs> this is a goddamn shit show is what this is going to be. It's, uh, yeah, we're we're deep into the, the moving process uh, for the home office, and it's one of those situations where... I don't know if you've ever applied for a mortgage before, but it's everything will be fine for like three days. You don't hear any, anything. Everything's ticking along. And then you get like 10 emails in a row from various parties saying, remember that time you were on the Mass Pike and you were headed out to go buy beer for a party that is somebody who might be a guest in your house. We need the receipt for that beer and the receipt from the Mass Pike, and we need that by tomorrow. And it just weird stupid paperwork like that and, and shit you've never heard of i'll get an email saying you know if you have it uh if you have the mupa 496 form from uh your last closing i'm like what really from nine nine years ago all that paperwork <laughs> need it in triplicate include the pink and the green copies yeah what <laughs> i'll tell you what is what you're asking for a comic book because I have all the comic books that I've obtained in the last nine years. <laughs> I know not your fucking weird green and pink papers. <laughs> I've emptied this desk out a million times, and it just keeps getting filled up with what? More fucking comic books that need waiting area while I wait for a bag and a board. Also, my favorite part. Um, you know those documents that you filled out electronically? Yeah, here's a physical copy. Could you go ahead and initial and sign all of them again and fax them back to us and mail them? Certified? Fucking fax. I haven't faxed anything since 1998. <laughs> I didn't know where to find a fax. I, I know there are supposedly services where you can scan this shit and send it to them and they will fax it to a number. But it was one of the, I've been really busy this week with uh, my day job. And like, I don't have time to put this one on, you know, one page at a time on the scanner. This thing's 60 fucking pages. It'll take me three hours. I'll go to Kinko's. I'll go to Kinko's. They got to have one of those industrial size fax machines. You jam the thing in, you press the button, and it's you know, that last fax that I sent in 98. It sucked everything in, basically scanned it, and then would fax. I'm like, I'll be in and out in you know, 10 minutes. It'll cost me, you know, what, $5? No, they had like 1992's <laughs> leftover brain damage fax machine. One of those wicked old ones that. <laughs> you could only put like four pages in at a time. Tell me it made like awful screeching modem noises. Too. Oh, they all do. I mean, oh, fax God. is fax is fax. <laughs> they're, they're trying to send data over a phone. That means shrieking. So there's just no way around that. You're going to get the carrier tone. And this one wasn't even, you know, dumbed down. Some of them you can, you know, oh, let's make that quiet because nobody wants to hear that because it turns your brainstem into a tuning fork and it makes you want to kill passersby. No, they didn't do that. So yeah, it's, I, I had to split this thing into like, four different faxes and it's a fucking dollar fifty a page jesus i was faxing to an 800 number this cost nothing <laughs> except a fax machine that probably wasn't more than 150 dollars when it was purchased back before it was y2k certified <laughs> they cost me 50 bucks to fax this fucking thing should have done the staples 
<laughs> well, it did not occur to me. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of it now. I'm like, where else could you have gone? I don't know, Staples. <laughs> I could have thought of it more than a day ahead. of. Well, it's not even to think of it. A day ahead of time, it's, you know, we got the package in the mail. Yeah. Yeah, and it's oh, this is all shit we e signed. So I just sort of you know idly sent off the email to our mortgage guy. We don't have to do this again, do we? Oh yes, <laughs> yes, you had better do that again. Also, if you could resubmit all these documents that you already that you already submitted, that's all it was. It was yeah. all shit that we'd e signed. No, but like there was also a list of demands from like the guy's coworker, and it was all stuff we'd already digitally uploaded. Oh yeah, that came later. It's a uh, yeah, it's a uh, can, can we get your your bank stuff? Uh, I. Sent you bank stuff a month ago. What do you think? I went on a Coke bender and burned through everything? <laughs> I got news for you. There are going to be thousands and thousands of fewer dollars in the account because I put a 5% deposit on a new fucking home office. Yeah, the, the, the statements are going to look roughly the same. My Photoshop uh, kung fu is not that good. <laughs> uh, mine's okay, but you know, not, enough to, not enough to beat the bank. Yeah. If I could Photoshop to beat the bank, <laughs> I, I'm not begging for their fucking money. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, that's been a large part of this week. And then, yeah, my day job just spiked up with a a big thing that had to happen. So all weekend long, I've been on VPN fixing things and testing things. So yeah, this show is not as well prepped as most episodes. Oh, it's going to be glorious. Uh, It'll be interesting. It's going to be glorious. It may be very, very short. (laughs) It's, uh, it's hard to tell at this point. Uh, The good thing in, and, Faithful listener, I'll warn you right now, man. Um, shows for the next several weeks are going to be, oh, thank Christ, there's a TV <laughs> debut of a new season of a comic book thing. Because, yeah, with all the stuff that's going on with the move, it's hard. Like, this weekend was New York Comic Con. Now, we were not going to attend New York Comic Con anyway, because with the way the scheduling is, there's just no way we could get the time off the day jobs to, to right. make it practical. You know, not when, when we did the earlier... C2E2 convention and normally we do Sandy. It just, it doesn't work out. But yeah, a huge amount of news coming out of that. I even, you know, watched some of the live blogs that came out of it, but not nearly enough time to keep track of everything that's going along to, you know, come up with a, oh, let's compile and talk about all the news out of New York Comic Con. Yeah. Here's most of the news I know out of New York Comic Con. Uh, there was footage of John Barenthal as the Punisher debuted yep. from, uh, Daredevil. Uh, that footage leaked, not in a way that you can actually tell what the fuck is going on, because we did yeah, find it and look at it. a very low-res uh, trailer for Daredevil Season 2 out there. Um, it's not even worth it. I mean, the, the person was well-intended, but it's not, you can't see anything. He was well-intended, but you know, Lucky, in the front row, clearly did not want to be ejected. I'm guessing he positioned his cell phone somewhere around the area of his taint and balls and sort of <laughs> aimed up and at an odd angle somehow through a spotlight. So you really can't even see what's going on. Uh, buddy, good on you for trying, but I, I can't do anything with this. Yeah. Uh, and John Barenthal said something as the Punisher in that. Yeah. It, most of the audio was incomprehensible. Yeah. Beyond that, uh, what I know about New York Comic Con is there was a comic convention and it was in New York. And I think it ended today. Um, They had a surprise showing of also known as Jessica Jones, which was apparently quite well received. Oh, the pilot? Yeah. I didn't see anything about that. That that was yesterday. Um, No, This is all hearsay news (laughs) and we can't source any of it. But Amanda read a thing. I read a thing. And I'm going to grasp at it like 
like it's the last beer in the fridge. No, apparently it was it was well received. Um, out of that, also Carrie Ann Moth Moss. <laughs> yeah, no, Carrie Ann Moth, <laughs> I believe, is part of Batman's Rogues Gallery. Sorry, the lisp that I had mostly conquered by the time I got out of fourth grade just sort of reared its ugly head. <laughs> Damn it, Beavis! I want to fuck Carrie Ann Moth. <laughs> oh no, that's not you. Is going to be a character named Jaron Hogarth. So they're gender swapping the character. Uh, it's the daughter of the general counsel to Danny Rand's dad. Okay. Um, which will make her eventually the attorney that works with Heroes for Hire. Okay. Yeah. See, back in the day, I never. It, I had one or two issues of Iron Fist when I was a kid. But I mean, Iron Fist was born out of the whole 1970s. Bruce Lee fascination, and I was seven, eight years old and had Star Wars. That shit just sort of went off my back. I've never been the biggest Iron Fist fan. And yeah, the the latest series, Iron Fist, The Living Weapon, by uh, uh who the hell was doing the covers for... Uh, he was doing the covers for Ultimate Spider-Man for a while, and he did the uh, Spider-Man reign. Shit, I can't think of his fucking name. Uh, <laughs> don't know off uh, the top of my yeah. head. Yeah. I'll, I'll think of it in 20 minutes, but but yeah, he was the one doing that series. And okay, it's, throw it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, I'll see if I can figure it out. But yeah, it just it, it didn't click with me. It's a dude with a glowing fist. There are websites for that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, David Tennant did not attend New York Comic Con, but he sent some sort of um, pre-recorded video message, so everybody was all happy and shiny about that. Yeah, that's because he's playing Kilgrave the Purple Man. Yes. Yes. Just in case the odd listener didn't know why David Tennant would show up. <laughs> it's been a while since Doctor Who. Do you need a hot meal, Dave? No, he's <laughs> he's in Daredevil. No, he's in uh, Jessica Jones. Rather, Go yes, ahead. he's in he's in Jessica Jones. Um, but yeah, it was it was well received. Um, beyond that, I, I don't know much. There, I didn't go looking for spoilers. <laughs> yeah, well, that debuts in less than a month. November twentieth. Okay, so about a month, month yep. and a half. We should be moved in and, and have cable so we can oh. actually cover it. <laughs> Christ, let us be moved in and have cable <laughs> and let my day job calm down so I'm not getting up at 6.30 in the morning on a Sunday to debug shit. Yeah, that's no fun for anybody. Hey. <laughs> but I made you coffee. <laughs> you did, and that's why I didn't die. Yes. And that's why nobody else died. <laughs> um, other things that were rumored to come out. Uh, it's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamine. <laughs> Sorry, the soundboard went to sleep for a second. I was a little slow on the gun with that one. That's right. Um, I'm bleeding cool, so take this for what it's worth. Many grains of salt, potentially. Um, the Rich Johnson hang, hanging... Johnston? Johnson? Uh, Johnson, I John, think. Okay. Hanging out in various bars, overheard people saying that there's the potential for the Inhumans movie to be canceled as part of Kevin Feige's coup, uh, freeing up the Marvel Cinematic Universe for his own... Uh, glory and control <laughs> yeah. from, uh, 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 what's his face, Perlmutter. Mike Perlmutter, I, yeah. yeah. I don't know a hell of a lot about that story, but yeah, it's uh, sometime in the last few weeks, the, I mean, it, it, it's not a rumor, it's true. Marvel Studios moved more under the Disney proper yoke than under Marvel Comics. And there's a whole pile of rumors as to, how Kevin Feige did it and why he did it. And, oh, he's doing it to get out from under Ike Perlmutter. Oh, he's doing it so he doesn't have to listen to these fool comic book writers give him ideas. You know, you've know, you heard a million goddamn things. Yeah. Um, well, but I mean, if it is true, um, 
people are pointing to, well, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp is now being pushed into production when previously Feige had said that there wasn't going to be any kind of sequel to Ant-Man. And, you know, to be fair, Ant-Man performed modestly compared to, it did well, but it performed modestly compared to other Marvel properties. Yeah, it, it did well for a superhero movie yeah. in about 2003. <laughs> a yes. Marvel Cinematic Universe superhero movie. Eh, did all right. Yeah, it did all right. Um, particularly given all the baggage it had attached to it. Um, and because that sequel is being pushed into production, it's bumping back uh, Captain Marvel and Black Panther. Yeah. Which um, has some people concerned because those were properties that folks who don't often show up in the demographics <laughs> um, on, on the movie screens were, were hoping for. <laughs> yeah. And I read Marvel's press release announcing Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um didn't read it closely enough to remember the date. Um, yeah. What is it, 2018 They or bumped 17? things that were previously 2018 to 2019 and so forth. But yeah, they tried to take some of that sting of, oh, get it, the wasp. Oh, I suck. I'm the worst person in the world. <laughs> no, they tried to take some of the sting out of, oh, we're pushing back Captain Marvel, which was going to be the first female-headed movie in their announcement. It's like, oh, look, it's, hope. The, it's the first female in the title. All right. All right. <laughs> Meanwhile, those of us that have been following Black Widow are like, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a, where the hell is her movie? Although I forget. We've talked about it on an earlier show. Somebody said, I, I think Scarlett Johansson didn't want to. Be tied into like nine fucking movies, except she's been in like nine fucking movies. Uh, yeah. And, and be Black <laughs> Widow until she's 62. Eh, you know. I The other piece with this uh, that seems interesting is. So if if in humans, as as the bleeding cool guy um, is hinting at, is going to be canceled, so ABC with Agents of Shield has had uh, has committed to three years worth of Inhuman storyline <laughs> in order yeah. to push that concept, so as to make people think less about mutants because you know f- fucking Fox. <laughs> well. Um, so, you know, what's the point of committing to three years of storyline of Inhumans if that movie's not even going to happen now? But, but. Okay, go ahead. Um, now the latest thing that's sort of come up as if to counter all of this rumor mongering, Vin Diesel ha- is hinting that he has been offered a non-speaking but substantial role in an upcoming Marvel property. I thought he already had that. Well, no, Groot, he does get a... I think if he says, I am Groot, he says, Groot, Groot, I am Groot, we are Groot. I think that's enough to make scale. <laughs> I think once you do that, I, I don't really know a lot about like union rules, but I think that's enough lines. It's, to- a, it's a certain number of words. Now, whether saying the same word over and over again counts, <laughs> I have no idea. Well, he did have to record it in a variety of languages, too. So I, I don't know what the writers are on that, but... Uh, <laughs> Jesus. But... Now everybody's saying, well, if it's a if it's a substantial non-speaking role, then that has to be Black Bolt. You would think. Yeah. <sighs> I <laughs> <laughs> uh, look. I, I enjoy reading Bleeding Cool. Uh, a lot of times they're right. A lot of times they're not, and you kind of forget about those because those stories just sort of go away. Yeah. As it's like Latino Review. Yeah, as opposed <laughs> to the. Ah, I got this one right. They'll do 56 stories about that time they were right. <laughs> so you f- you forget about the, you know, oh, I, I heard Vin Diesel was uh, going to play Peter Quill's codpiece. <laughs> Those stories you forget about. But I didn't see that story. <laughs> Did oh, I get yanked? <laughs> no, that was, that was above the fold. That was, <laughs> that was 
Josh front page, baby. Oh, was it? Yeah. Was it now? But uh, the source uh, giggled and hung up, and then Crank <laughs> called the pizza place. I don't fucking know, but... I have news about Vin Diesel, but first, is your refrigerator running? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, I, I don't know how I feel, because I don't... I've said it before, I don't fucking care about the Inhumans. I don't care how many TV shows, I don't care if you do a movie. I, I like Charles Sewell. I, I have been reading Inhumans because I like his writing. If he stopped writing it tomorrow, I'd stop reading it. I don't care about the Inhumans. That's okay. It's, they could do a movie all day. Look, if they do punt the movie, who gives a shit? It's ABC, which is owned by Disney, is airing Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is owned by Disney. Whatever story they do, all the money stays in the fucking family. It's true. It's they just w- a question. It's it's a pissing contest at this point between Kevin Feige and Ike Perlmutter to see who... Yeah, but see, that's the rumor. Yeah. All we really know for sure is that Marvel Studios has moved more under Disney proper and answers more to Disney than to Marvel at this point. So now I'm I'm just hoping for some sort of Spider-Ham Muppets crossover. How dare you? <laughs> what? <sighs> I'd... That would be awesome. It would be glorious. I'm tired of Spider-Ham already. It's only been... <laughs> Only been six, seven months in Spider World, and now, <laughs> oh no! I'm uh, look. It was a novelty from when I was a kid. <laughs> now Spider Ham is a character and an ongoing thing. I'm good with Spider Ham. <laughs> I think he's an inhuman. Just Terrigen missed him and send him off with Black Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see him woo Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Spider-Man's an Inhuman, and all the Inhumans go and meet the Muppets, and that's phase four. This movie was shot in 3B. Three beers, and it looks good, eh? Yeah, I don't think that's going to work. Well, animated puppets who come to life without having somebody's hand up their ass. It has to be Terrigen Mist, right? Sure, it's (laughs) Terrigenesis. It's an episode of fucking Angel is what it is. (laughs) You're right. So... yeah, look, if they're going to cancel any of them that are coming out, yeah, cancel the Inhumans. Yeah. I can't imagine the series of events, the number of awesome, spectacular, essential stories that would have to happen for me to really give a shit about a movie, about a dude who doesn't talk, and his wife with the bitchin' hair, and their ugly, ugly dog. It is an ugly dog. Yeah. it's. But he can teleport. So what? Well, that's important because he seems to be of the bulldog persuasion, and they're not very active. They don't like to move very much. And you can't potty train him, so <laughs> let him let himself out. That's a story I don't think I've seen. But how would I have seen it? I don't give a shit about being humans. <laughs> Note to Charles Sewell. <laughs> hey, look, he, he came off DC as A-list. Marvel's smart. We need to, if they're going to do an Inhumans movie, we need to jack up the presence and make people care about it and but it's i don't i just don't see now i'm just envisioning like a whole like web series lockjaw's big day out (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's just one frame of lockjaw sitting there panting and then he kind of blips out you see him in the next room no you just change the background you film (laughs) you film an ugly ass bulldog in front of a green screen and just every once in a whenever he licks himself every with every lick the background changes (laughs) 
but this could make millions. It costs like forty dollars <laughs> worth of Photoshop, and like <laughs> you rent a dog. I, I, apparently, I can direct for Marvel Studios. There you now. go. You've got vision, baby. <laughs> I got something. <laughs> got terminal fatigue hysteria, and <laughs> the booze is going to my head quick. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't have any idea what happened at New York Comic Con. Yeah, no. that makes us a I don't know a bad comics podcast. It makes me a tired human being with only so many hours in well, the day. A, a and... lot of the stuff that would have normally caught our attention, I think, got um, got locked down because they had a, a much stronger presence in terms of filtering electronics and making sure that nothing was broadcast unnecessarily. I did read that uh, on one of the live streams that they were yeah flat out saying it's a no electronics zone, particularly when they're showing uh, footage. So even the live stream, I think from Newsarama said, we have to go dark whenever the whenever footage is being shown. Yeah. So they were definitely making an effort to try to block leaks. And I certainly haven't seen any particularly good ones, at least in the Daredevil trailer. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's sort of part of why all the the news was locked down i guess so hopefully the this you know other than the things that have a, a scheduled debut such as um you know also known as jessica jones yeah uh you know daredevil season two trailer and, and the like hopefully all of that will find its way to a, a television screen or a youtube account sometime soon officially so that we can actually see what shit looks like <laughs> yeah and hopefully i'll have some time this week to catch up on the new york comic-con news it just it it's been a hell of a week. The reality is we're going to be very discombobulated for for a while now. It'll get better. Stick with us. It will. But... Although, you know, where else can you tune in to hear really cool ideas like Lockjaw's big day out? <laughs> nowhere. Nowhere I tell you. <laughs> uh yeah, indeed. We were somewhere around Barstow, on the edge of the desert, when the drugs began to take hold. Next week on Lockjaw's Big Day Out, he meets a fire hydrant. <laughs> and then you, you cut the green screen <laughs> and switch to a toddler and hear a mother off screen going, hey, and then play the theme song. <laughs> and his theme song should be... Another exciting episode of Lockjaw's Big Day Out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Lockjaw sounds like. <laughs> Lockjaw has more more lines than Black Bolt. <laughs> oh God, cast Vin Diesel is fucking Lockjaw. <laughs> <laughs> Write down Lockjaw's big day out. Okay, we need titles <laughs> as we stumble through this show. So yeah, that's 15 minutes about New York Comic Con that we weren't even going to talk about at all because we don't really have a you know, the one thing, the one fucking thing we did try to do for New York Comic Con. It wasn't even New York Comic Con; it was happening somewhere else at Paley Fest. Yes, uh, I've got Yahoo Screen installed on my cell phone, which I put on there to watch Community, and I, I get a ding yesterday that there's a reunion panel at Paley Fest for Doctor Horrible's sing along blog, which Amanda and I both like. Yes. So it's like, yes, send me a reminder of that. It will live stream. You can watch it on Yahoo screen. It's like, that's great. I can Chromecast it right to the TV. It's late enough. It, uh, I'll be done with working. We can have a few drinks and, yeah, watch the big reunion panel. 
Well, the problem with the Yahoo screen is, yeah, they do have Chromecast support, except for their live events. There's no Chromecast button to be had. It's like, that's okay. There's a Yahoo screen app on the TiVo. Go to the TiVo. Yeah, that's not listed as one of their live events. The live events aren't on the TiVo app. Shit. Okay. Put the Chromecast <laughs> app on the phone, which will broadcast whatever's happening on the phone directly to the screen. Now go to the Yahoo thing, and now press the button, and okay, finally, we've got jerky live video, and it's Joss Whedon, and he's fucking live, and he's talking about how it was... Uh, all came from a, a collision between politics and whimsy, and that's where all his good work comes from. And hey, here's Doctor Doctor Horrible sing along blog. Yeah, and, it, and to be fair, there might have been some sort of panel after that, but we punched out because, like, nah, I'm not quite drunk enough yet. I mean, I love this, but I, I have to be at a particular level of buzz to sing loudly at my television yeah well also i'm pushing bits through like five different devices to get them to the screen here. it's like <laughs> i got this dvd over there motherfucker exactly. i don't need you yeah the one thing we tried to do to get some news and it's like oh christ it was just failure on every front and parker hates singing yeah <laughs> parker the home office mascot hates singing yeah it, it, whenever whenever there's music on he kind of gets irritated and runs there have been times where Amanda has been singing along with the TV and he's jumped up and swatted at her face. Like, not in a mean way, but more of a, what's wrong? There's terrible sounds coming from your throat. Are you yowling? Is someone in heat nearby? Can I help you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. T today, I, I made the mistake of leaving him alone. Uh, the, the television plays various music channels and I, I had left it on the 80s channel. He was of course you did. upset with me. <laughs> he was not a fan of Let's Hear It for the Boy. Who the fuck was... I was. <laughs> to be fair, was that Footloose? We were 11. Yes. Yeah, I thought the Ghostbusters theme was high fucking soul art. <laughs> so anyway, we did actually watch some TV this week, though. Yes. So the, <laughs> the several comic book themed uh, shows debut, debuted their new season this week. Uh, we didn't get to all of them, and we'll warn you right now, next week's show, again, in the interest of, oh, God, we need to plan a show quickly in between all this shit going on. Probably going to be the premiere of The Walking Dead is tonight. Um, so we'll watch that after we're done with the taping, and then probably another two or three times during the week so we can at least try to speak coherently about it. Yes. But yeah, it's uh, the big ones that we were fans of last year, and in, in another case for the last couple of years, were Flash and Arrow. Yeah. And the there's DCW. a... There's a lot to like there because uh, Flash is coming off of a really strong first season, and it's it's sort of an expansion off of the Green Arrow or Arrow. He's going to be Green Arrow. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to spoil the hell out of these. Warn you right now. Sorry. It's the first spinoff out of out of the Arrow verse, or what do you call it? The DCW verse. Yeah, I call it the DCW, which is pure fucking gold, and somebody will pay me for that someday. Okay, dear. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't have to find fucking receipts from the pay toilet <laughs> from Comic-Con five years ago to get my fucking mortgage. But anyway. And while it hasn't debuted yet, um, you know, Legends of Tomorrow, which would be the other spinoff out of Flash, <laughs> yeah, is, is highly anticipated, at least for us. Um, and also in Arrow this year, we're going to see Matt Ryan do another take as Constantine for an episode. So that's something cool to look forward to. Yeah, that poor son of a bitch got the shaft. He was really good as Constantine. He was. The The show took a while to find some legs, and I wish it had gotten a chance to do the rest of it. But at the very least, that guy was solid. I'm a nasty piece of work. Ask anybody. 
Yeah, no. So I, there's there's a lot that I'm I'm excited about for for both of those shows, and we watched uh, both The Flash and Arrow this week, and I, I mean, we we I may change my mind as we sit here sit here and pick them apart, but I enjoyed both of them. I was drinking, but I enjoyed <laughs> both of them. <laughs> I enjoyed both of them uh, a lot. One thing that struck me was, <laughs> at least for a single episode the reversal sort of in tone mm. that each show had. Yes. I mean, it seems like Arrow, the Flash in the first season was, part of what was cool about it was it was just unabashedly, we're a superhero show. Right. When Arrow debuted three, four years ago, the big thing was, oh no, we're trying to get the Christopher Nolan uh, grounding this in the real world, try to get realism around the idea of what if there was this kind of vigilante, how would it work and what would be going on in his head and what methods would he use? Yep. Whereas The Flash came out and just said, I'm The Flash. There were comic books. You can go get those to figure this shit out. But yeah, this is what I do. And yep, there are villains and they have code names and just embraced being a big, fun superhero. Book. Embraced being a costumed big, fun superhero with bright, you know, four color kind of yeah styling. Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't a uniform. It was, uh, no, man, it's, <laughs> this is my superhero costume. Yeah. So it seems like Arrow got the message after last season being really dark. And after a while, it's, uh, okay, I, I like Ra's al Ghul. I yeah. will not call him Raish. <laughs> Fuck that. But I like Ra's Okay, yeah, I get what you're doing with it. This is just relent. Yep, okay, you're betraying everyone you know. Okay, yep. No, you think you're dead for a while. Okay. Oh, Jesus, you kidnapped your best friend's wife. Really? Did you? <laughs> that seems like a good long-term strategy. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems like Arrow got the message, yeah, this much lighter, it's a superhero book, uh, two superhero books TV show. Yeah, maybe you want to sort of move in that direction. Well, and also it, it's going to have to balance itself against um, Supergirl when that comes out on CBS later this season, too. So it would be an outlier at that point in in a way. Yeah. Given the te uh, the tone of the other shows. Yeah, no, it, it definitely would. Because, yeah, the the debut of Arrow yeah, started out with Suburban Bliss and showed hope through the whole thing and the mending of relationships. And, okay, I'm no longer the Arrow. That guy is dead. As far as anybody knows, I'm not the same guy, even though half the fucking cops in Star City. It's Star City now. They've embraced that. Yeah. No longer Starling City. There's two people who haven't haven't gotten over Oliver's shitty behavior last season. Um, one is, um, is he Captain Lance or Sergeant Lance at this point? I, I've He's lost had track so of many fucking, what his rank is. He might be Commissioner <laughs> Lance, Jesus Lance. Laurel's dad. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, who, you know, at this point, just if he could find a way to kill Oliver, I think he would. <laughs> yeah, do without getting his hands dirty. Like, yeah, you fuck both of my daughters. You're sort of semi-responsible for <laughs> killing one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Because he doesn't know she's going to come back as White Canary and Legends of Tomorrow, at least based on yeah. the trailer that came out this summer. Um, and <laughs> Oliver's dick will kill you and then heal you. And then you become him. And then you become God. There's some creepy implications for Thea there that I don't want to think about. <laughs> fire. Power of God or something. No, man, if it feels like fire, it's not the power of God. Go see a doctor. Get some um, penicillin. Um, <laughs> 
The uh, the other one is uh, Dick. Dig? <laughs> Diggle. Dig. Diggle. Um, sorry. Yeah. The first time we ever watched the show, I live tweeted it, and I, I kept mishearing. I was drunk. I kept mishearing <laughs> um, Diggle. They kept calling him Dig. I, I kept being Dick, and that was just, Dick! Dick! We missed you! Dick! <laughs> well, and, and within the house, we're, we're screaming, you showed Dick some respect. This scene needs more Dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on some level, he's always going to be Dick in this yeah. house. I mean, to be fair... Uh, Again, Oliver did kidnap his wife and put their infant child in danger. But uh, his own wife, who was the victim of said kidnapping, told him to get over it. <laughs> <laughs> they got my dick message. You got the dick message. <laughs> so we'll see where that goes. Um, now, from there, do we want to focus on Arrow since we're talking about that and then hit Flash? Or Well, just one of the things I noticed in just sort of <laughs> it felt like everybody reversed at least for one episode yeah, a lot of hope, and a lot of that was dashed at the very end of the scene where it's like, oh, somebody's going to wind up dead, and yeah. I'll, I'll, will Oliver go back to his killing ways? <laughs> well, that we can talk about in a minute. But most of it was just, okay, it's a much more generally hopeful uh, opening for Oliver, whereas the beginning of The Flash, which was the nice light show last year, it starts out he's isolated himself from everybody, you know, his opening thing of I'm the fastest man alive instead of I'm the fastest is more, yeah, I'm the fastest man alive and all I do is run and run and run. <laughs> and I'm the fastest man alive for all the good it does me. <laughs> and tonally, we went from Oliver and Arrow saying, I am no longer a killer. I want to be a message of hope to the Flash giving a member of the Justice Society of America instant fucking cancer <laughs> and killing him dead on the floor of a nuclear reactor. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a reversal. Yeah, a little bit. A reverse flash. Oh, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> the, yeah, there's... <laughs> I mean, all right. Which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's start. Let's go with the flash. Let's, it's Tuesday to Wednesday. So we're talking about the flash. Let's go through the flash. Okay. I mean, the thing I'm most excited about with the season coming up is, yeah, the idea that we're going to see the JSA. Adam Smasher in the way that he was shown. I'm a little concerned about that because, yeah, he was Adam Smasher back in the Jeff Johns JSA. Yeah, he was a little bit volatile, but still uh, definitely a member of the team. But, yeah, you pointed out uh, in the previews for next week, we're seeing... Was it Sand Demon? But yeah, yeah clearly, though, right, those are the powers of Sand, who was also on the JSA. Right. And are we just going to get, is this supposed to be the Earth 3 JSA? I'm wondering. I, I'm, I'm wondering. Uh, because Jay Garrick is young. <laughs> He's young. Uh, we didn't see his costume this week, but the. In the finale the, last season, we saw the hat. Yeah, but I've seen pictures of the costume, and it is uh, most definitely not big, bright primary colors. Hmm. Now, to be fair, Flash's costume last year and this year, the only thing that's changed this year is the white in the circle instead of the red. But, True. Uh, that was not the brightest red you know, in the pure Carmine Infantino <laughs> straight out of the pen <laughs> to the four colors. True. So it's. I guess it could be a dark version of the JSA. It's just, It's a little weird to see him this way. But what's cool about it is just the full-on obvious embrace of, oh, it's not just time travel. Yeah, there's other worlds. These guys are coming from some other world. Right. You know, still clearly moving straight to no matter how much optimism Cisco has, 
at the end of, you know, no, oh, no, we don't have to fear the future anymore. No, motherfucker, crisis is coming. And you know who didn't come out of crisis so good? Vibe. So you better fucking butch <laughs> up and you're ready for war. And that was an interesting thing. Again, like the one of the strongest performances turned in in this episode is the kid who's playing Cisco. Vibe. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I forget the actor's name, um, but he's just so happy. And, and yeah, his, his circumstances have changed. and He's working for the police station, but he's optimistic that someday somebody will give him a badge. Uh, yeah. Now that he's the, the science consultant for the MetaHuman Task Force. Yeah. Uh, but this is the first time we actually see Cisco run into some situations where his tech can't fix it. And that's new for him. Yeah. To be fair, he's working with more limited resources. True, but I, it's, it's the first time we've seen him in a situation where it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, well, we also saw him start to vibe up in this episode. Yes. He had that one thing where he just sort of twitched and was seeing what seemed like another world. And mm-hmm. I am really torn by this because I, I do think Cisco is arguably the strongest and definitely the most fun character on the whole show. I like Cisco. I fucking hate Vibe. I hate Vibe. Maybe they'll take Vibe in a different direction. I mean, Vibe as as he stood as a member of Justice League Detroit was laughable, but you know what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Um, 1985, break into Electric Boogaloo was not a punchline. It was an actual movie out in the world. And let's be fair, the the direction that they tried to take him in for New Fifty Two, and when Jeff Johns was trying to make him a thing again. Um, was also kind of silly. It's like, really, you're gonna hook him up with Damonites, and that's gonna be his thing. It's like he's he's functioning on like the the vibrational frequency that allows Damonites to come into the world. Like that's, you know, <laughs> not everything's gonna be a Picasso. Jeff Johns really likes taking heroes that nobody thinks very much of and trying to, in his own Silver Age, much more optimistic. Except eventually, somebody's gonna lose an arm, kind of way. Jeff Johns was the Warren Ellis of DC before Warren Ellis was the Warren Ellis of Marvel. Yeah. In the sense of, think about what Ellis did with Moon Knight. Yeah. And what he's going to try to do with Karnak coming up. Lesser known properties. Yeah, yeah, give me your weird ones and I'll, you know, I'll throw a coat of paint on them and uh, jack some NOS under the hood and then, all right, somebody else drive it. Yeah. uh, I I like... If he's going to have to deal with something involving vibrational frequencies, I like that for the moment it seems to be focused on vibrational frequencies of time. That seems to be the the direction in which the character is moving for the moment. And there was the one episode last year where he was moving. He had moved at one point in time and saw himself being betrayed by Wells. Mm-hmm. And was able to come back from that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Vibrational frequencies yeah. of time. And once you got time, space isn't too far behind. So for a crisis on infinite Earths coming up. However, you know, for someone who is such a master of coming up with just you know zinging nicknames for for these super villains, I can't see him allowing himself to be named Vibe. <laughs> yes, I na- name that. me after a sex toy. <laughs> <laughs> I am vibe. I'm here. I'm lubed for your pleasure. <laughs> Let's go through time, baby. <laughs> yeah, I had thought of that. What, what, do you, what do you think he'd come up with? See, it's hard because all the the wonderful ones we see him come up with are the ones that we already know. Right. I don't. I honestly don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the clit bumper. Jesus. 
The rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The I, rascally rabbit. Jesus God. <laughs> I I'm going to hope that maybe they decide to come up with some other name. I don't know what that name would be. They're not. <laughs> Jeff Johns won't allow it. He will his vibe will be popular somewhere, goddammit. Even if it's season four of The Flash. Even if it's one <laughs> one episode before they kill him. I don't Hi, know. I'm Vibe. I operate at many speeds. <laughs> oh, that's just terrible. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, the longer they can keep Vibe out of it, the better. Because I, I like Cisco. I don't want to have to make that choice. Right. You know, the, the, when uh, Professor, uh, Jesus, I love Firestorm and I can't think of his Stein. name. Thank you. When Professor Stein came up with Adam Smasher <laughs> and Cisco just hugged him and said, <laughs> you're one of us now. now. Now, the flash signal with God is my witness, we talked about this. We did. I, I don't know if that's just pure gold. Or the dumbest fucking thing I've no, ever seen on no, television. No, it was pure gold because of the way the kid underplayed the line. Yeah, but he underplay he meta underplayed it. Oh, I don't know. I think I saw it in a comic book somewhere. Oh, he, he wasn't did- even that like coy about it. I, don't know, I think we saw it in a comic book somewhere. Oh, <laughs> I I felt like he did everything but wink at the fucking camera. And it's not his fault. He didn't write it. <laughs> I liked it. I mean, it, how are you going to play it if you're an actor on a comic book show? Yeah. All right, let's camp this one up. Just to sort of do it. I, I don't know. It's like I said, it's a, all right, that's kind of cool. And oh, 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 it's also extremely dumb. I'm just <laughs> not sure about that one. That's okay. I thought you were going for the soundboard there, so I was going to give you a second. No, but... I was just checking at the, you know, normally I have pages and pages of carefully outlined uh, notes uh, to go into the show. And then this one, I got some scrawled shit I did while we were watching the shows. Ah. So, so this is going to be a loose one, kids. What can I tell you? Yeah, so it was, uh, uh, the big takeaway for me is, yeah, it seems as though uh, the only way they could figure out to stop Adam Smasher was to kill him, or at least put him in a, a situation where he is going to be terminal. And that doesn't seem very heroic to me. I, it's It's not. I mean, it's, again, it's sort of a flip between both shows. Arrow started out, yep, I'll kill him. Flash is not supposed to be that guy, but it's also, if you're in any way going to treat superheroes even a little bit realistically, there are going to be some where you have to, you have to pull the trigger on them. So <laughs> eventually somebody's got to get killed. There's got to be somebody, it's like, in order to stop this person, I have to pull the trigger. Yeah, I, given the character's radioactive background, I would have thought they would have come up with some other way to siphon the energy off of him. Well, make no mistake, and I'm not saying this was some finely written, oh, this is where Flash finally has to make that. No, I think it was kind of lazy. I really think it was probably a case of, okay, we've got this guy from another world. We want him to give just some vague clues well, shit, what's Flash's M.O.? He puts these people in his private prison where he can question them at length. No, nah, we can't do that. So, all right, we've got to have find some way for this guy to be gone. It's, all right, do we send him back to Earth whatever? Do we? I don't think it was more, well, we've got other shit that we want to do in this episode. And Adam Smasher is not the point yeah. of Flash Season 2. 
So, all right, let's just get this taken care of. Yeah, no, and and we don't know for sure that the character is dead, although the bubbling blister on the side of his face doesn't look good for him. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, maybe maybe he will find his way back later, and we'll we'll have some more out of him. What's a, wh- where are you going to take him? He sucks up radiation. Take him to the hospital. You've already established earlier in the episode that he sucks radiation out of hospitals from miles away. Yeah, I don't know. Drop him in the middle of the ocean. I don't know. <laughs> Alive? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, well, look you, at me. I didn't write it. <laughs> you may, see, that's the problem. I think they wrote themselves into a corner with, all right, now we got to do something with this guy. Do we bring him back to Star Labs? Well, we've kind of established it's not fully up and running right now. And in fact, right until the end of the episode, Barry doesn't really own it. So we can't take him there. We can't drop him in a hospital. We can't drop him in jail. He's too big for Iron Heights. Iron Heights doesn't know what to do with him. So it's, you kind of have to kill him. Yeah. I think it was more of a storytelling problem than any kind of statement about any of the characters in this. The more I think about it, yeah, that wasn't just dark. It was lazy. Yeah. I think it was just, all right, we got to get this guy off the board. We don't, we want him to be somewhat, uh, mysterious while we're doing it. Have him drop a few hints, but then, yeah, he's, we got to get him out. Interesting. Yeah. The, the flash wouldn't book it. All right. Nuke him. I'm Barry Allen. I'm the fastest man alive. And just everything's great, and I've got my friends back, and nuke this prick. Nuke him. Kill well, him dog dead. Interestingly, the, the idea for nuking the prick <laughs> came from Caitlin Frost, who's eventually going to be a fucking supervillain. Yeah, she's going to be Killer Frost. <laughs> hey, it's the, it's the Flash on Flash Day. Hi, Flash. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. I've got nothing better to do. Hey, Flash, how you doing? Okay, um, I'm lost. Uh, I'm angry, and I'm armed. Jesus. Flash, would you come to my school and speak about being a hero? Yes, I'm a Mormon. That's why I just smoked a pack of Newport and drank three vodka tonics. I think I like this, Flash. <laughs> so, the the other piece there is Barry finally gets what he thinks is his wish, and Harrison Wells has taped a confession because that works on TV. <laughs> yeah. Which will allow his dad to be freed from prison and no longer um, accused of killing or convicted of killing his mother. But even that goes south because dad doesn't want to stick around. You would think, and I, and I get it, they have, to, they have to write him out pretty quickly because they, this is supposed to be the season in which Barry demonstrates growth and doesn't have a specific father figure and yada yada. Um, Except Joe is going to be the fucking father figure. Exactly. That's why they brought Jesse Martin in. He just oozes, it's okay, son. No, it's true. It's true. And how many dads can this guy have? Like last season, (laughs) there's like my three dads. There's prison dad, there's evil dad. $10 all-you-can-eat testicle fest. Black dad. But... (laughs) And and he got along just fine, and and now this season he's down to one dad, and that's okay. Sure. <laughs> Although maybe Jake Eric is going to provide some sort of mentorship. Who knows? <laughs> just passing the baton. I've got fathers everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. John Wesley's ship at some writer's meeting. I can only be myself. <laughs> I have not given up on finding out that in some other time or parallel dimension that John Wesley Shipp was the Flash from the original show. 
Yeah. Look, we reestablished in this episode that Dr. Tina McGee is still around, so clearly nobody's forgotten about this. No, absolutely. And uh, Mark Hamill will be back later this season as Trickster. That was another thing that was confirmed at New York Comic Con this weekend. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. But, so, yeah, I haven't given up hope on that. I talked about that in an earlier episode about seven or eight months ago, and I'm still holding out hope on it. Okay. But, yeah, I'm not sure what they have in mind for him. After a certain point, if your ensemble gets too big, people need shit to do. It yeah. may just be as practical as, you know, look, uh, John, we, we love your stuff. This particular storyline has gone. We're going to have to have you come back. But uh, look, we uh, the best we can come up with is walk the earth like uh, Kane from Kung Fu until we're ready <laughs> to have you do something. Well, I mean, he's a he's a medical doctor. This gives him the opportunity to step away from the initial storylines for a bit. Uh, they had hinted that there, somebody had figured out, figured out some way that he could get his license. I think it was Iris. I, uh, his license reinstated so he could be a doctor again. Fine. Go out, get specialized in metahuman fucking medicine. Come back when they have shit for you to do. Yeah. Yeah, it could be that simple. It could be as simple as, okay, uh, we know John Wesley's ship's not doing anything but uh, showing up here for the hot meal and going to comic book conventions. Jesse Martin's contract is up in X number of years. They could be hedging their bets. Yeah. Who knows? I certainly hope so. <laughs> Actually, no, I, I I hope it's not that. I hope there's a, a greater story. Yes. Although killing Adam Smasher, uh, I'm starting to wonder. Well, the thing is, he's not. Uh, they they pointed out that this guy looked like Al Rothstein, but he wasn't really Al Rothstein because Al Rothstein was on his honeymoon out in Hawaii. Well, that's because the Earth, assuming this is Earth One, yeah, the Earth One Al Rothstein was killed by the Earth X Al Rothstein, right. who's Adam Smasher. My my point being though that if there is still an Al Rothstein on the planet. <laughs> Well, no, it's there is not. Oh, there's not. That was the first corpse that was being. I thought they said that they'd found him though, and he was out in Hawaii. So this guy, no, it, wasn't really out. The way it the way it worked out was that first stiff that Barry was examining, yeah. was Al Rothstein. Okay, and then Adam Smasher came out, and when they blew up the propane tank to make him take his mask off, they said, "Shit, that looks like Al Rothstein." So the conversation you're thinking about is. Yes, Al Rothstein was in the morgue at the time of the attack. And not only that, Al Rothstein could not be a metahuman, at least based on how we understand them, because uh, okay. he was not in Central City when the particle accelerator exploded. Okay, got it. Got it, got it. Hey, man, if it confused you, it confused one of our listeners. So, hey. I watched it sober the second time. <laughs> There's your problem. <laughs> Damn, sobriety. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to say yeah, throw more fucking superheroes into it. Turn the network into the DCW. What else do they have? Well, Supernatural. Stage, Supernatural's like twelve years old. Supernatural is why Constantine failed. Fuck you, Supernatural. Um, <laughs> stealing all of its shit before they could get around to actually using it. Uh, but the point is, <laughs> wow, I think I've seen two episodes of Supernatural in my life. But all right, it's, this is a discussion for another show. Uh, all right. <laughs> Make a note. The uh, the point is, uh, it, it would be great if they would turn it into just a superhero network. They're not, they're not gonna. Um, Mark Guggenheim, I believe that's the showrunner's name. Uh sounds right. 
has has gone oh, out. No, Mark Berlanti. Berlanti. I'm sorry. Who's Guggenheim? Um, <laughs> I think there's a Guggenheim involved. Berlanti though has gone out and said that at this point they're they're putting a cap on the spinoffs. The last spinoff will be Legends of Tomorrow. Um, and so the things that are in the DCW. You never? call it that. And you smile. It's like the most clever thing I'll ever come up with. It hurts. Um, <laughs> Ow. Uh, anyway, <laughs> there are other properties like the Supergirl property, like the Titans property that's going to be on TNT that will be happening. Uh, clearly Gotham over off on Fox. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're not all part of some giant shared universe that we know of. There, there had been some talk of crossover with Supergirl, but that's not on the table at this time. Uh, they're missing a sure bet. Well, anything can change. I mean, you know, who who would have thought that Constantine was going to be on Arrow this season until he was. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, and that's true. But yeah, just look at what, seriously, I, I don't know all the, what else does the CW, we're not the CW's target demographic. No. Because we have pubic hair <laughs> uh, and jobs and shit to do. But we are for the comic book stuff. But what else is even on? There's Supernatural. Jane the Virgin. Jane the Virgin. Uh, the originals. So, you know, if you need more vampire programming beyond Vampire Diaries. Yeah, well. I think that's a vampire program. I don't know. They're running out of people who haven't aged out of thinking Twilight isn't shit. <laughs> that that hard stop is coming. Yeah. But, um, Just take the whole goddamn thing over. Jesus, look at Marvel Studios and say, what the fuck else do we have to do? We had to merge two perfectly good networks to get this shit show off the ground. <laughs> Let's just go full DCW. Yeah, I'm trying to think what other properties they have. I just, I don't care that much. <laughs> again, we're not the target demographic. Yeah. So they may have a wide... Look, I know Jane they the were, Virgin gets excellent reviews. And they were running a, a Beauty and the Beast reboot for a while with the girl that played Lana on Smallville. Oh, God, tell me that's not still on. I have no idea. I watched, like, one episode on Hulu because I was very drunk, and, um, well, I didn't gouge my eyes out. <laughs> Man, when, when, you look, <laughs> when you look at any actress and say, I don't know, she's no Linda Hamilton, you're not exactly dealing with <laughs> Well, sometimes you just got to sit down and ask yourself, is the Pink Ranger really right for this role? It's, well, your idea of method acting is Dr. Method, bigger implants. <laughs> Dr. Method, Bigger Implants. That's not a terrible title. <laughs> but... That's an episode of Botched. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode of Beauty and the Beast is an episode of Botched. <laughs> so. It, look, we are not in anybody's... We are middle-aged. We're not in anybody's target demographic. We're not. We're all our disposable income... We're thrown into a new fucking home office for the immediate future. It's true. But there's a lot of people like us. New York Comic Con sold out again. Yep. Go full DCW. <laughs> and pay me licensing fees. <laughs> Motherfuck. So, I, I think we will be more likely to see other spinoffs, although they have said for now that they're not going to do that, if things like the Mockingbird spinoff of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes to fruition and does well. Yeah, but why wait? You've you've got two. If Legends of Tomorrow hits, and Legends of Tomorrow, I don't want to say it's the Guardians of the Galaxy of the DCW, but 
it's along the same lines. There is no clear anybody's ever heard of us hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's what Firestorm, White Canary, which isn't even a thing except in this. Yeah. No, Rip Hunter. If you're not a comic <laughs> book fan, you don't know who Rip Hunter is. Heatwave and Captain Cold. Because it makes sense to have those two on a super yeah. team. And 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 Hawk Woman. And Hawk Guy, or Hawk not a Hawk Guy, I'm sorry, Hawk Man. <laughs> He's gonna be on it too. Yeah, so it's you're not talking about A list talent for anybody except comic book fans. If you can make that hit then the sky is the goddamn limit. Just fucking deal them like a poker deck. Well, and Legends of Tomorrow is is going to be telling its stories in the anthology form, so you may not necessarily get the same cast from season to season. So they're going to treat it more like American horror story in well, terms of a, a encapsulated mini. Which is a good way to build up cast and also a good way to say, yep, here's the Farm League, and if you're the breakout star, you're the next one on after Jane the Virgin. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, we had Cord Industries introduced in Arrow this week. You want to talk about Arrow, should we? Yeah, all right. Let's move let's move on to Arrow. Okay. <laughs> one observation that I had, and I've had it before. I'm not sure I've ever really talked about it, but it sort of struck me with with this episode how often they've done it. Arrow has consistently taken a lot of the tropes that you get from this kind of, if not superhero, lone hero, action hero story, and really turned them on their heads. Yeah. And the thing that has really struck me is the relationship between Oliver and Felicity. On any other show, Felicity... Loves Oliver from afar, but since she's a geek girl, she can never have him, except maybe in a moment of weakness. Like, actually, we saw last year mm-hmm. on Flash, where Flash was possessed and <laughs> almost went after, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jesus, all I can think of is the name Felicity now. Uh, Ronnie's girlfriend. Oh, uh, Caitlin. It's gonna be Caitlin, yeah. It's gonna be Killer Frost. That's the only way you would see it. Look, and, in this show, it's like, no, Oliver basically went to her <laughs> and said, no, I've fallen in love with you. And yeah, then the sort of trope of, but I can't do anything about it. And you would think that would then last forever. But no, it only lasted about 10 episodes, and now they're just together. And the thing that struck me with this episode was the whole, we have to leave behind this life of adventure and make a stable home. Any other show, that would be coming from the woman. Forcing the male hero to say yes for all our safety. In this case, no, it's Felicity who's like, I miss this shit. And frankly, I've been doing it while you weren't fucking looking. How do you like that? I think we should go back to the city and kick some tail. That episode of Food Poisoning in Jakarta? Yeah, I was uh, yeah. <laughs> Skyping. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, there's no way on any other show that Oliver and Felicity wind up together. Not with two fucking black canaries wandering around. Particularly not after true. Oliver uh, fucked them both to death with his penis of doom. <laughs> now, to be fair, Laurel is, she's walking dead. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't have long. But... Um, oh, and um, for Legends of Tomorrow, the Atom is moving over to that. Oh, area. that's right. Oh, shit, we saw, we at least saw his picture in Arrow. Yeah, well, and... that's the, uh, Felicity is now the CEO in Absentia. Um, the board is, is rioting and, and could out, uh, vote her out at any moment. <laughs> yeah. Ollie thinks she's still doing a better job as CEO than he ever would have. <laughs> we're, we're not all meant to 
<laughs> well, that's just it. Like, you know, she's, you know, even if she doesn't think she's doing a great job as CEO, she she's working in the business world, whereas Ollie is happy to be home and domestic and they demonstrate that Felicity can't cook. Oh, that was a great line. Felicity, Felicity smoke. smoke. You have <laughs> failed this omelet. <laughs> but uh, meanwhile, you know, Ollie can get his friggin' souffle on. Um <laughs> And it's it's consistently turned those kind of and Flash is trying, yeah. Because in this particular episode, uh, normally when you get the the brooding hero, I have to walk my path alone. Everyone says, "Oh God, they're so tortured," but I understand their choice. No, in this one, all his friends fucking ignore him. They just show up at Star Labs. It's like we're working on this. It's like I'd rather you didn't. Yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make us. <laughs> So while these are pretty classic superhero stories, they, they're also doing some cool stuff that really fucks with them a little bit. And it's really refreshing. Yeah. So. So we got that going on. Uh, and and Ollie is just about ready to make it like official and, and literally put a ring on it. And <laughs> <laughs> that's when trouble comes knocking at his door in the form of um, Laurel Lance and his sister Thea. Yeah. Who have gone behind Dig. His name is Dig, not Dick. His <laughs> <laughs> says he's an a-hole, but he's not, and I'm quoting him here, 100% a dick. That's right. He's Diggle. <laughs> um, gone behind his back because he wants nothing to do with having Ollie back in the city. We talked about this already. Um, they need him to come back because they need the hero. And he's like, the hero is dead. <laughs> <laughs> And they're all like, well, we kind of hope not because we're getting our asses kicked. <laughs> we need a little help over here. So, we, yeah, I mean, in Felicity, you're right, is the one that's just like, I, we would already be in the car. Why are you standing here? <laughs> yeah, this is stupid and you're stupid for doing it. Get in the car. <laughs> yeah. Which turns out to be her limo. <laughs> oh, of course. Because, you know, rough life. Yep, Star City's a terrible place to live. <laughs> oh, no, they've been suburbing it up in Ivy City, which is like Cambridge, if it was outside of Detroit. <laughs> I don't know what Star City is supposed to be. I, I don't know what it's analogous to. <laughs> uh, it's really not analogous to anything. That's why Mike Grell stuck Green Arrow in Seattle. <laughs> At least he's got a sense of place. What the fuck is a Star City? It's where Green Arrow lives. <laughs> <laughs> so, in any event... It... <sighs> The new big bad is Damien Dark, who is the former rival to Raja Ghoul. Yeah. Um, is played by the same actor who's Dum Dum Dugan in all of the Captain America movies. Yeah, and he was a, <laughs> he was the bad guy in like season three or four of Justified. Justified. It's uh, Neil McDonough. Is yeah. The actor. No, he's a, he's a great actor, but every time I look at him, I'm like, you're Dum Dum Dugan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you should be above this kind of backdoor shenanigans, Dum Dum. <laughs> What would Captain America say, huh? What <laughs> would Nick Fury say? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, there was a lot of plot heavy lifting to get Oliver back into town, but actually it was less plot and really more character. The plot was somewhat pretty simple and you can get simple in a superhero story in the sense that, okay, everybody's been gone for a while and yeah, now here's the new threat and come back. Right. And that's really as simple as it was. Okay, there's a new threat, the ghosts. What are they? We don't know. Okay, so we all figure it out together, but we know they're bad. And yeah, we meet Damien Dark, which is 
the worst fucking name. It really is. And you know, I'm actually I'll say this, I'm pleasantly re- relieved to see that he's um some sort of creature of the Assassin's Guild or similar because I I hear Damien and it's a DC property and my mind immediately goes to oh no, it's it's fucking Batman's son. <laughs> Please don't be Batman's son. <laughs> see mine mine went to as Grant Morrison's did, I'm sure, uh, to uh, the Omen. Uh, what kind of kid na- names their what kind of parent names their kid Damien Dark? Would a mod Dark name her first kid Douche? So it was taken. <laughs> I mean, you know who's got the easiest job in the world? Who? Damien Dark's guidance counselor. <laughs> What's your name, Damien Dark? Yeah, supervillain or hired goon. That's pretty much all you got going for you. <laughs> No, seriously, take this personality test. I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> Buddy, you're wearing your personality test in your wallet. Just uh, go pick up a gun at the front gate from the confiscated and just <laughs> go on your way. Thank you. Come again. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, interestingly for him, he's got more of a metaphysical edge to him than, than Roz seemed to, so he can manipulate the power of life itself without using a Lazarus pit. Um, he, could, he bleeds into that altar, and that's how he keeps his power yeah, going seems to heal himself yeah so um, see the actual dc version of damian dark here's what i know about him yeah uh, they debuted in a devin grayson written titans book from 1999 okay that's literally all i know i had to google it i thought i'd heard some rumor that he is felicity smoke's father possible if that's from the comics it's not a thing that i've ever read i don't i don't think it's necessarily from the comics but i don't know felicity was a, a, like a c-list character that jerry conway came up with i believe <laughs> yeah it, uh wait felicity sorry i, I zoned yeah. for a second felicity uh yeah who was felicity that was ronnie raymond's mother stepmother stepmother yeah yeah so yeah jerry conway did come up with her and yeah she never i don't think did anything except uh she no wait was it Firestorm's stepmother? She 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 married Captain Boomerang. Oh Christ, we're down a rabbit hole now. I thought it was Firestorm's stepmother. It, it, you could you're probably right. I feel like she had some sort of relationship with Captain Boomerang though. Anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh just agree to uh the fact that I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. It's been a long weekend. Oh Christ it has. So Um so so overall Ollie has to figure out his his place in the grand scheme of things now that they're back, because when you burn bridges like that and you and you walk away, you can't just come back and have everything as you left it. Right. So Thea is acting out in a very aggressive manner, possibly because of the Lazarus pit that she was put in to heal herself, but also possibly because she's um, not quite twenty yet and being asked to to pummel guys three times her size. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I don't know. I think I'd hit pretty hard, too, and keep going just to be on the safe side. <laughs> yeah, that's not a thing I'd fuck around with. Um, but Ollie is concerned that she's being overly aggressive and, and lacking focus. Okay. Ollie is constantly concerned about her. But as he, Diggle he's... points out, you know, he behaved the same way when he came back to Star City or Starling City uh, the, <laughs> in in his initial run-up as, as the vigilante. So... <laughs> Who yeah. is he to cast dispersions? He is supposed to be the mentor who brings along a sidekick. And it shows a character arc over years to be able to say, yes, I was that. Now I'm not. Now let me help you get to here. And then hopefully by the time you're here, I am further along. Yes. 
Dick is just pissed at Ollie. Oh, yes. So, yeah, he'll stick in the knife wherever. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But to, from Diggle's standpoint, uh, yeah, Diggle stood by him when he was the arrow, shooting people from 100 yards away in the eyeball. Right. Right. Um, Laurel is still Laurel. Um, I still have a great deal of difficulty believing that she can do much more than um, lift a piece of paper, let alone kick a guy in the head. Um, the greatest feat of acting in that entire episode was the little kid who looked at her all goggle-eyed and said, you're strong. I almost believe you can. That kid needs a fucking Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> For your consideration. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she she fills out a costume okay, but uh, there's more body double work than anything I ever saw in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Although they're letting her have her normal hair this season. Which is... Did she not ever know? Yeah, oh, she had a wig she, last year. Yeah, well, she was supposed to be pretending to be Sarah for a while. Right. Okay. So, um, I think I'm hopeful for for the direction of of where this is going. I, I think ultimately we're going to see that Felicity and Ollie don't end up together because for for once he's finding himself on the other side of people keeping secrets from him. I don't. I, I think he played it off well. I don't think he was happy when he confirmed that Felicity was doing shit behind his back. Uh, no, he definitely wasn't. But I, I think a more immediate as opposed to, you know, oh, will the characterization be able to handle it? Will the relationship be able to handle the strain? We know from a flash forward, somebody dead at the end of this season. Oh, yes. And possibly putting Oliver back on the homicidal path. Although I don't believe that would be the long-term case. You know, if they are... They have been moving toward making Ollie Green Arrow at least since toward the end of last season where they realized, huh, lighter tone, people like it. Okay, let's make him Green Arrow. Yeah. So to have him go back to avenging homicidal angel of the night would really kind of piss away a year's worth of fucking characterization. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know if they'd necessarily take the step of killing off Felicity, but I could see them doing it. Well, that's the question. Who do you think's dead? I mean, Felicity is kind of an obvious answer to make him at least say he wants to be homicidal again. Kind of hoping floral. <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess it's possible. Uh, I mean, <laughs> could it be Diggle? I mean, let's get down to brass tacks. Well, all right, let's talk about about the Scooby Gang before he comes back, before Ollie comes back. Uh, so we've got Thea. And they keep calling her Speedy, but she wants to be called Red Arrow, and she's wearing the the red outfit. Yeah. Um. Arsenal-esque. Yes. Laurel is all all canaried up. Yep. Um, and Diggle is wearing this helmet and and motorcycle blacks, I guess. It looked like it was leathers. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so the helmet, you, you thought it looked like Guardian? The, 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 I thought it could be, uh, yeah, the, the Guardian. If I'm remembering that name, it was one of the shit. It was one of Grant Morrison's seven, seven soldiers. soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of glazed over that. Whole yeah. Series. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the guardian. Okay. Uh, at least a, a similar shape. Uh, it's also kind of similar, at least in design, I thought to Prometheus. See, that's what I thought. I was thinking more Prometheus. And given that there's tension between Diggle and Oliver, you know, it would not take a lot to nudge him for all the right reasons, thinking he's doing good things down a dark path. Yeah. 
and I still think that's a possibility, but one theory I remember reading over the summer, and I had just sort of looked it up while we were talking, was Green Lantern. I, I yeah, I think I had heard that as well. And let me uh, just... John t- Stewart Diggle. No, let me turn the computer around. Simon uh, Baz. Oh, okay. With that kind of mask, with All a right. similar, similar kind of angular... I suppose. Just slit for eyes. <laughs> but also, yeah, notice he was carrying a gun. He he was. He was. And I can't help but, and I, I've noted this on other sh- uh, shows, I'll say it again, his wife, whose name is Lila. Who's a big, important character from DC named Lila? Harbinger. And we know that Flash is headed towards a crisis somewhere in its arc. Yep. So... It's not outside the realm of possibility that this will be the same Lila. It's possible. They've certainly done mix and match with character names that wind up being some version of that character. Yeah. But I don't know. Keep in mind, uh, which episode was it? I think it was Arrow where we saw the jacket with Jordan on it. Yeah, it was. It was was the beginning of this episode where he's uh, talking to Waller, I think, in a bar. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a, a name check right in the face to remind you of Green Lantern. True. Believe True. me, ain't nobody talking about using the Simon Baz version of Green Lantern in the Justice League movie coming up. True. True. Well, you know, I think he'd make an excellent John Stewart-ish uh, Green Lantern, certainly. Yeah, it, I don't think it's likely. No. I think there's enough there to say, wow, we can't really discount it considering... Yeah, all right. The the mask is a little bit the same as Simon's, and he certainly carries a gun, just like Simon. Yep. So there's a possibility there. So, and and also in terms of um, interesting reveals, what were your thoughts about Captain or insert other rank Lance at the end in the Stinger as being in? at least the circle of, if not in cahoots with Damien Dark. Oh, with the Hive? Yeah. I mean, it was certainly a good shock reveal. I'd really like to know some more information about how this came about. Yeah. Because it does not seem to be particularly voluntary. Because yeah, he was... Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know his title. Lance. We'll call him Lance. <laughs> we'll call him Harry Dresden Lance. <laughs> It it is hard for me to look at him and not think Dresden, but yes. Yeah. Um Yeah, and, and write that down. That's a possible title. <laughs> um he did not seem to he, when Oliver blew up the train so that it didn't explode in the station and kill a bunch of people, he seemed pleased. He seemed to imply to Dark that he didn't want to cooperate with him. So there's certainly some duress going on here. I'd like to know more information about it. It's It was one of those, ooh, that's a big reveal, and then there was a lot of information about, oh, it's not against his will, he's not a bad guy yet. But, you know, you can step on that for a couple of weeks. Let us think he's in cahoots, for Christ's sake. Yeah, he might have also embedded himself, and he thinks that this is for the greater good. It's all about you know, people doing things because they think it's the right thing to do. The question is, is it the right thing to do? Yeah, or he's an Earth 2 doppelganger. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. I guarantee you that's the out for getting the actor who played Harrison Wells back into the Flash. He's going to be Zoom. Very likely. He's going to be the Earth 2 reverse Flash. Because, yeah, 
Professor Zoom was Reverse Flash before Crisis, and then it was Thrawn. So if we're talking different timelines, different Earths, particularly pre-Crisis, yeah, that's your gimme to get him back in there. He'll be Professor Zoom. Very likely. Very likely. So overall, it was a, it was a strong showing um, on a fluffy network. <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you, you know what? No, I don't. Fuck you, Berlanti. You just keep knocking out spinoffs. <laughs> you you just assassinate your your enemies. <laughs> Jane the Virgin, I want her dead. Vampire Diaries, dead. Just, just fill it up because. If we can get to 2019 and Legends of Tomorrow does well enough, we can fill everything. We could have one hell of a fucking crisis. <laughs> Two hours a night, five fucking nights a week for a year. I'd pay for that, let alone watch it for free on the goddamn TiVo. All right. Well, just, just keep in mind, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You're not wishing for more And that's beer. how that's how, how you get webisodes of Nort. <laughs> Do you want Nort? Because that's how you get Nort. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. You can't clear Nort up with penicillin. (laughs) (laughs) There's no cure for Nort. (laughs) Except more Nort. Once once you got Nort on your balls. (laughs) I got a fever. (laughs) And the only cure. (laughs) Is more Nort. (laughs) Is more Nort. Uh, But, yeah, it's... I thought there were two reasonably strong starts. In each of them, there were a couple of, okay, how are we just going to get shit into a certain status quo? The more I think about it, the more disturbed and kind of pissed I am about how they handle Adam Smasher and Flash. I think that was just lazy writing. Hopefully it doesn't continue. Yes. But then again, of anybody in the Justice Society, is there anybody who really gave a shit about Adam Smasher? Um, I, I think that people gave marginally more of a shit about Adam Smasher than they did about Our Man. No, you're <laughs> wrong. You're objectively wrong. I'm objectively <laughs> wrong, really. The only reason anybody... Uh, I'm not wrong. No, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> Our Man, at least in the golden age by... uh, was It wasn't Bill Willingham. It was uh, shit. Oh, why am I drawing the blank? He just did a... Uh, Fantastic Four. Uh. <laughs> he did Starman for Christ's sake. I fucking love Starman. I can't uh, think. Robinson. James Robinson. James Robinson's Golden Age. <laughs> Sorry, my mind flashed to the movie and I got all confused. I'm like, Josh Trank? What? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it's a. Oh, no, I fucking forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, uh, James Robinson's uh, Golden Age. Our Man was great in the idea that he was addicted to it and had developed. Uh, resistance and he was withdrawing from it oh this is why we got to finish moving the home office because that and a lot of my trades are in storage and now i want to read fucking the golden age again yeah yeah um oh i I believe that there was a casting um confirmation at some point somebody's been hired to be um jesse quick liberty bell so they're they're trying to bring in like all the speedsters at some point well i mean you've they're talking about mercury industries so that's clearly Max, Max, a reference yeah. to Max Mercury. Yeah, with Tina McGee there, yeah, you can have Speed McGee if you want to go back to the uh, Mike Barron run. Yep. Do it all. Fuck it. The Flash family, you know, back under Jeff Johns when he was writing it. That was fun. That was fun shit. I can, I can get behind that. And that, and that does feel sort of the direction that they're going. Yeah, I'm all for it. Do it. Do it. Do it. It's going to be Wally West, the real Wally West. God damn it. <laughs> 
But it's again, it's such a goddamn wealth of what we're talking about. It's like, okay, yep, we had these two debuts, and it was the second week of Agents of Shield. We haven't talked about that at all. We had the debut of iZombie, which was killer last season. I don't think we've talked about that at all on this show, have we? I don't know if we have. And I have not watched the debut yet. You should watch it. It was good. So yeah, we can't talk about it because I haven't watched it yet. It was good. <laughs> good. <laughs> can't tell you how excited I am. <laughs> I, I can feel it. It's, it's palpable. <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, you said all... we weren't going to get excited today. You were wrong. Uh, hey, I, I didn't think we. How long? Oh, we're over an hour already. Yeah. How much? How how long are we? What... About an hour and a half. Holy shit! All right. It's a good time to be a comic book fan. Lots of good stuff on TV. <laughs> Let's talk about a couple comics, for Christ's sake. Sure. Because in theory, we got to put this thing up in an hour or so. Okay. Uh, we'll just talk briefly about them because, again, it's I normally come in with extensive notes on the comics that we talk about, and this time I just uh, reread them real quick before the show. Which one do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about Doctor Strange. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I've been waiting all show for that. Oh, God. <laughs> Yes, Doctor Strange number one. So it's it's been so a weird Jason Aaron yeah, and Chris Bacalo. Jason Aaron <laughs> written Chris Bacalo art. <laughs> but I wanted to take a step back and say this has been a weird week because Secret Wars is still going on. We don't know how Secret Wars ends because there's been delays. There was a new issue of Secret Wars this week. But it's way behind, but the first post Secret Wars, post battle world, however the Marvel Universe, Marvel multiverse shakes itself out. The first issues are coming out. <laughs> so it's kind of a weird place of, okay, this is the new status quo. Uh, I don't know how the fuck we got here. But <laughs> so yeah, and this is one I was looking forward to because I really like Jason Aaron as a, as a writer. Now this is one I said earlier. I don't give a shit about, uh, the inhumans. Well, I like this team on, on Wolverine and the X-Men. Yes. But even going further back from that. I was going to say, I don't care about the humans. I don't care about Doctor Strange either. But I like this creative team. Yes. And what they're doing with it really works for me on a couple of levels. I mean, without going too much into just the storyline, the characterization that Jason Aaron puts on Doctor Strange is really, really cool and is not something I've seen in Doctor Strange before. And really makes a lot of sense because it goes... Right into his uh, backstory of I was a brilliant surgeon and vain and injured myself. And it should. It's a beautiful sort of homage to Ditko. I think it's a lot of the original Ditko art for some of the. Yeah. But the characterization that Aaron gives him of a vain horn dog <laughs> with kind of an off sense of humor. Constantly trying to pull tail both in this dimension and in the other dimensions. Yeah, a rich doctor who is at the top of his game and who injures himself driving a fucking hot rod Corvette convertible. Of course he'd be a vainglorious fucking horn dog. Yeah, and... It's like, I got the skills, he knew it before, and he... In order to be the best at something again, I did all this work. And yeah, I'm the best. And you have no idea what... You, you know nothing of my work. Yeah, if you've ever seen that homeless guy mumbling and staring off into space, you don't know. He could be the Sorcerer Supreme trying to save your ass. Throw him a couple bucks. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I just... I really enjoyed the characterization of... Yeah, just sort of hanging out outside his house. And somehow they find me. I don't know how they do. And just sort of playing with people. It's like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> 
Oh, you don't want to talk to that dog. I hear he's crazy. I hear there's no doors to his house. <laughs> <laughs> eh, you don't want to go in there. <laughs> Nothing but death. Death and disappointment. <laughs> so I mean, what what did you take from? The, the, the first thing that actually struck me in reading this, it was sim- similar, but the point that Aaron made in characterizing him as someone who still feels that he um, has no control over the fine motor function in his hands and and how he's able to control it enough when he's doing a spell, but otherwise he's fucking useless. And that's why Wong even has to cook for him. <laughs> that's That's true. And it was interesting in the whole concept of when his hands shake. Yeah. When faced with these horrible things, uh, sometimes a little bit, but not usually, and just day-to-day life. And it wouldn't surprise me. Aaron's a strong enough writer. Take that and spin that analogy out over a few issues to to get to know this guy better. Yeah. Yeah, The concept of, in day-to-day life, I can't stop my hands from shaking, but, oh, this shit, I'm the best. And, uh, all right, this is a little much for me, and now it's back. You know, using it as an analogy of when he's got courage or not, it could be a really cool way to go for a while. Yeah. As long as he doesn't overdo it. And I've already overdone it just talking about it. <laughs> I I like how they... Uh, you, you know I stop my hands from shaking? <laughs> anyway. How, how's that beer? Pretty good. <laughs> you know be better? Another beer! Um... I like what they did with the costume so that he's not wandering around in the, the goofy damn cape. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just sort of underplayed it a little bit. Yeah, it's it's more of a, a hipster scarf underneath his hipster jacket unless he needs to be all like Sorcerer Supremed out. Yeah. Uh, which is clever. I suppose some people who are fans of the, the classic um, cape costume might be all like, oh no, they it's like the equivalent of giving Constantine a three-quarter length uh trench coat no no it's not and fuck you that trench coat was a beautiful thing and they killed it <laughs> Look, they killed it dead and i'm coming for someone um, <laughs> i'm a nasty piece of work ask anybody look here's the difference between modifying dr strange's costume and constantine's coat uh i care about john constantine <laughs> that's pretty much it <laughs> okay so anyway um I like that he was making this point of, all right, so I see things on a day-to-day basis that should uh, should be driving me mad, and, and maybe I am mad. Um, and, and how, like, the average human being wouldn't be able to cope with these things if they saw them. And being able to make comparisons to the various microfauna that live on our bodies parasitically, um, symbiotically or not, to the various parasites that live on one's soul. Uh, that you would not want to see, even if they were good and beneficial for you. I I thought that was a cool conceit that made the idea of the things that he had to deal with not only relatable and understandable as opposed to, ooh, it's magic, but yes, it's magic, but but also it brings it back into the realm of, I'm a doctor. Yeah. So if it's an infection, I'm the one that you want to call. And he's noticing... Um, an, an influx of these things, not just because he fought one right in the beginning that apparently had taken up residency in a nine-year-old boy somewhere um, with all of its friends, but yep. <laughs> but also in terms of what he's seeing in the day-to-day world around him and and how 
it's like birds before a storm, how you see them sort of like leaving this sort of mass exodus kind of situation before before the, the tragedy strikes. Yeah. And making, again, the analogy between that and the various demons that seem to be encroaching upon our world. Um, and, and just a cool thing with one that he finds with the visitor who comes to his doorstep. I, I don't want to spoil it just because visually it's it's all cool and I, I can't do it justice. Yeah, that's the other thing I really like about this book visually. I like, I've always liked Chris Boccolo's art. Yes. Whether he's done Spider-Man or Death the High Cost of Living or, or whatever. But I was introduced to his art on Peter Milligan's Shade the Changing Man from okay. Vertigo in the early 90s. And that's what always stuck with me. I loved that series when I was in college and could barely afford books. By God, I made sure I could afford Hellblazer and Shade every month. And the visuals that he brought to that of Shade walking through our world but bringing madness with him. So faces would explode weirdly and there'd be flashes of color and strange monsters coming out from around Shade and his madness vest. Yeah. You get a lot of that kind of thing, at least in this particular issue. It's it's like going back home. It's like, this is the kind of thing Bacalo was born to draw. Give me 80% real and just horror going on that nobody necessarily notices just around it. It really reminds me of the stuff that he did on Shade. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, just from a pure, not even nostalgia, just I loved it then and I still love it now. Right. Uh, yeah, it, he's he's got an interesting way of drawing just the most wacky, bizarre, surreal, which speaks to again that sort of Ditko homage. <laughs> yeah, in that in that sort of slightly psychedelic, weird ass like, what dimension am I in? Is this happening? Yeah, that absolutely. you need for a book like this. Yep, and I think he was also um, responsible for the color in this book. But okay. I, I can't find it. So. Yeah, I didn't check that. But, yeah. But yeah, it's I always loved his art on Shade, and particularly the the American Scream arc, the first year. And there were one or two issues where there were fill-in artists, and it was like I still love the book, but it's uh, it's not just quite the same. It was one of those the right guy for that kind of story, and this is a similar kind of story. And I don't know if if Aaron requested him, if Bacalo lobbied for the assignment if it was the editor's idea but it's the perfect artist on this book at least and granted i'm coming at it from 25 year old nostalgia but yeah if, if you like shade the changing man Bacalo's doing that shit again you should check this <laughs> issue out he did do, I, I found the page he did do the colors for this as well okay um and and uh, not to spoil too much I, I like the direction they're going so we've at the beginning of these new, all new, all all different Marvels, yes, um, it seems that we're back to some sort of multiverse concept. Yes, because um, that's all new and different. That's just they, saying. Uh, what? <laughs> because in this other universe, we've got um, their version of a Sorcerer Supreme and some sort of witch finders coming for them. Right, and uh, that's what's causing all of this stuff that Strange is seeing in his universe. I don't know, because Secret Wars is still going on at the same time. <laughs> I hate when the, god damn it, big two, you're never going to fucking learn, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> if you're going to have an event, piece off a couple of creators a year at a time and say, 
do it and hand it all in so we can deliver it on time. And the examples everybody give, well, Frank Miller was late on the fourth Dark Knight, and, oh, Watchmen 12 was late. Yeah, and the rest of the stories from DC were not waiting for those fucking issues to come out. No, no, you're not. <laughs> and it, Well, would you rather have a fill-in artist we pull from the bullpen? No, I want you to schedule your shit. Get it done on time. For God's <laughs> sake. I know drawing a book is hard and writing is hard, but Christ, I'm in engineering. Has it, has nobody seen Star Trek 2? <laughs> you take all your estimates and multiply them by four. Done. It's Mr. Scott scheduling. <laughs> Serve me well for years. Maybe you should make an app. For Look that. into it. <laughs> the, I will. It will take me uh, 16 months. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the other book that we have here is another all-new, all-different. Yep, Amazing Spider-Man number one, at least the third Amazing Spider-Man number one in my adult life. Uh, this one, uh, at least the main story, is the only one I wrote the creators down. Uh, Dan Slott written, uh, Giuseppe Comancoli, uh drew it. The other, the other stories are all previews, basically, of the other things happening in the Spider-Verse. So we went to that Spider-Verse panel at Boston Comic-Con. Right. So we've got um, a Spider-Gwen story. That's a little brief one. Yeah, we've got a Silk story. Silk story, yeah. So, yeah. And, it's not a Spider-Gwen story. It's a, the Web Warriors she's a member of, uh, which is um, various and sundry. It's uh, Spider-Ham. Yeah. William yeah, Braddock. Spider-Ham. Okay, um, good. And, and sorted asun- uh, and sundry. Fucking Spider-Ham. Okay. Yep. <laughs> He has disturbingly human teeth. <laughs> I'm disturbed. I'll give it that. <laughs> um, also preview of, of Spider-Woman, the yeah. all-new, all-pregnant Spider-Woman. <laughs> what are you accusing me? No, I never I'm met not. Her. I'm not. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk about the, uh, the main story. Um, it's certainly a new direction for Peter Parker, that direction being uh, Tony Stark's. <laughs> no, no, no. He's a, a low rent Tony Stark who who can't seem to close his fly before um, press meetings. Yeah, and can't seem to remember that. Yeah, everybody figured out the whole Iron Man as bodyguard. No, it's really Tony. <laughs> You're not doing wonders for your fucking secret identity piece. <laughs> there, there was a lot that I liked in this book. There was. Um, there's a lot that I can see coming around with the old Parker Luck to bite him in the ass. Yep. Uh. It seems like right now with money, his solution for everything is, why don't I give you a job? Why don't I put some money into that? Why don't I use money to make myself better in this way? Which in its own way is fine. We've never seen Peter Parker with dough. Right. So to use it to better himself while still saying, well, I'm not here to make myself rich. I'm taking a reduced salary. Uh, I'm really trying to make the world a better place. There's other ways to to fall into the trap of now I have resources. And I suspect that will be a theme that we see played out. Well, because he's already, we already see Spider-Man slash Peter Parker making compromises. Yes. He's very clearly states he's gone from no one dies is not realistic, but I will save everyone that I can. Yes. And if we're going to see the concept of great power comes great responsibility versus power corrupts, then we will see that go from, I will try to save who I can. Well, you know, um, I would say that they are already foreshadowing that. Do you know why I say that? Uh, no, because I've been drinking. Um, 
And you can describe what you see for the audience since this is not a visual medium. The comic book is, but the podcast is not. Tell me what Peter Parker is wearing on this page. Uh, <laughs> he's wearing a white coat, white sport coat. It's it's a white suit. Who who wears a white suit that would be significant in Peter Parker's universe? Steve Martin. You're being an asshole and <laughs> an obtuse on purpose. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Doc Ock had a white lab coat. It's the fucking kingpin suit. Oh, is it? Well, he's... Well, I mean, he doesn't fill it out the same way because he's not a fucking tubby tub tub, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's not a lard ad, but yeah, the same three buttons. Okay. I didn't make that visual connection it's, at all, but... It's it's a it's a single-breasted, we... um, unfortunately tight, and, and they're trying to say it's because it's a cheap-ass uh, JCPenney suit, but it's... <laughs> uh, well, also, he's not wearing an ascot yet. Yet. So... <laughs> But you know who who wears an ascot? Um, assholes, Kingpin and Freddy from the Mystery Machine. Okay, it's that that is a good visual cue that I did not notice and could very well be pointing like, in that. Nobody direction. wears a white fucking suit unless they're a complete dildo. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Martin was my hero growing up. Goddamn it! He was a comedian. It was for fucking comedic effect. <laughs> All right, fine, but yeah, it's it, it's it's weird to see Peter with money. Yes. Because he's doing dumb shit with it. Oh, yeah, he's throwing it around to all his friends. But he's also, he's got the Spider-Mobile again. Yes. Nobody that, wanted the Spider-Mobile again. Uh, yeah. And and he's learned to drive. And he's learned Mandarin. Yeah, no, he's clearly bettering himself and using his money in interesting ways. But Well, he's doing things with his, his potential that um, kind of speak back to all of the... the that Doc Ock had as he was taking over Peter's life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we see the, the ghost of Doc Ock in the living brain. Yes. So we could certainly see Doc Ock come back. Uh, the one thing that really worked for me on this, from the pureness, and it, talking about the Spider-Mobile reminded me, was seeing uh, Hobie the Prowler yes. impersonating Spider-Man. Because I have distinct memories as a kid reading the Marvel tales where Peter had hobie impersonate him oh, yeah. to trick his friends once or twice so it was that's a nice throw back throw way back to the early 70s and it's one of those things you know, for all the people that bitched about what dan slot was doing or not doing with spider-man over his run you, all right it all makes sense now seeing it laid out <laughs> yeah um does that mean i wouldn't have liked to have seen him take a a more conversational tack uh, in in his social media exchanges with fans. <laughs> oh, again with look, he sucks on social media. Unfollow him. <laughs> Seriously, it's like an awful train wreck, and I can't look away. Yeah, but you have to. It's you gotta separate the artist and the art, particularly in comics. You'll drive yourself fucking nuts because in, in this week's book we've got Starve from Brian Wood. You're gonna ignore what Brian Wood did. Yeah, that wasn't social media. That, that was, was bar life. media. Yeah. No, that was, at least if you believe the reports, they're all rumors. He said he did some potential untoward things. But, you know, what's worse? You're a cock on Twitter or look at my cock. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you raise a valid point. You raise a valid point. Um, however, I this book makes it very clear. Like, all right, this is this is all of the stuff you were working towards. I get it. Okay. Yes. And it will lead to a spectacular fall because the Parker luck has to be there. It has to yeah. be. He's never lived like this before. The seeds to his downfall are already there. It's a, hey, I can solve problems with money. Yep. And 
yeah, Doc Ock's just waiting in the background on him. And yeah, he's <laughs> doing some interesting things, but also some dumb things. Yeah, and, th- and there's other stuff in there. Like the the girl um, who is running the the other half of his company. Sujani? Or something like that, yeah. Um, who clearly is looking to do some sort of coup. <laughs> You know, that he's not, he, he thinks it's enough to, to speak to her sharply. <laughs> no. Uh, corporate sabotage is a little beyond the conversation. Yeah, but it, seriously, like, if he thinks that she's been sabotaging his stuff, it's not enough just to say it to her. He should have had her out. <laughs> yeah, need, need to escort her out immediately yeah. with a box of her belongings. Yeah. And that's a bummer. Trust me, I know. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> But no, now she gets to run back home to the Doc Ockbot and, um, you know, complete her, her nanotech coup. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah, it's, to me, this was most effective in, look, a fall is coming. You know, Peter has money. People count on him. The public loves Spider-Man. This can't continue. <laughs> It's going to go horribly wrong. And it, but it's uh, okay. Yeah. As a thought experiment along the lines of, uh, Hey, what if Spider-Man didn't believe in great power and great responsibility, which is what ultimately, uh, ultimate Spider-Man, not ultimate, uh, superior Spider-Man was about. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's stick with this for a while. Superior Spider-Man worked out pretty good. It yeah. was a pretty good solid story. Show me Peter. No, build him up. And then we'll knock him down. <laughs> Because you have to. The Parker luck doesn't go away. I don't care how many battle worlds you explode. Or however Secret Wars ends. Because Secret Wars ain't over yet. <laughs> but it was a pretty solid beginning. And an interesting way of looking at the character. Absolutely. Alright. Anything else on the books? Or how are we doing on time? Oh, it's about an hour and 41 minutes. Jesus. Considering I literally have four tiny notebook pages of scrawled shit. We actually turned this into a show. Go us. Yeah. A completely unedited show that's going utterly live to tape onto the internet because <laughs> I don't have any time to edit it. So if you stuck with us this far, we tried, man. We tried. <laughs> All right. So should we wrap it up? We should. All right. Don't know how you found this particular episode, but you can always find us at our home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. We are on Facebook if you uh, want. Well, the easiest way to reach us is just email us. CrisisOnInfiniteMidLives yes. at gmail.com. We are on Facebook. We are not doing nearly as much of that as we should. We are extremely busy trying to move the home office, but we certainly get messages from there if you want to reach out to us. For whatever reason, screeching, do you have that receipt I need to finally get the mortgage? In pink and green. Pink and green and triplicate. It's uh, Facebook.com slash Crisis on Infinite Midlives. We are on Tumblr, Crisis on Infinite Midlives.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter, at Infinite Midlife. Is, uh, I think I finally have the you, handle you down. You do. I, I wake up screaming it sometimes <laughs> in a puddle of my own sweat. Is that what you're screaming? I hope it's sweat. But <laughs> uh, Let's see. You can find the show on iTunes if you do find it there. Uh, if that's how you normally pick up the show or just come across it there, do us a favor, shoot us a review, leave us a rating. Helps new people find the show. Yes. Uh, we are on TuneIn Radio. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. And did I miss anything? I think you got everything. I think that is it. So this has been episode 89 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. I'm Rob. And I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening and derp. Lockjaw Nort crossover. Yeah. <laughs>
God. <laughs> Get away from her, you bitch. <laughs> I'm going to go now.